Hi there. This is uh, better than yesterday. It's uh, Friday, the 6th of March, 2020, and this is a show that I make with uh, two wonderful people, Andy Ma, my audio producer, and Rachel Barrett, my show producer, and I need to, I need to pay them. So there's ads because, you know, we live in a consumerist capitalist society and uh, the business model is that if I put a commercial for something in between content that you want, you will listen through that commercial and the people that make the commercial will pay me for you to listen. And therefore, I will take their money and give it to Andy and Rachel so I can keep making the show. It's a beautiful thing. So um, depending on where you live, how you listen and what you're listening on, you're either going to hear a bloom, bloom, bloom and then an ad or you're just going to hear a funky theme song written by Toe Hyder. Let's go. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Hello and welcome to Better Than Yesterday. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Osher Ginsberg. It is a rainy, rainy, rainy afternoon in Sydney, Australia. It's a glorious thing considering the horrific dryness, drought and uh, other climate change related ickiness that's been happening over the past six months. It's a huge amount of water falling out the sky right now, which is bloody great. Wish I had a water tank to put it in. But, you know, building codes can catch up. I hope you're good. If this is your first podcast, if you've heard about this show and now you're listening, um, oh, let's say go back to the start, but that's 330 episodes ago or probably more. On Mondays, I have a conversation with somebody. On Fridays, I have a conversation with you. That's it. And the show is just simply designed to hopefully help you make today a bit better than yesterday. That's really all it is. If you've never listened to the show before, if I'm a new person to you, my name's Osher Ginsberg. I'm a TV guy. A book writing guy, podcasting guy, parenting kind of guy, 
backyard weightlifting kind of guy, dog shushing guy, though they're being good and shushy right now, kitchen cleaning guy from Sydney, Australia. And um, I've been making this podcast every Monday and Friday since 2013. And if you're listening to this in five years from now, you know what happened. But right now we are in week two of the great toilet paper panic of 2020. The uh, COVID-19 or coronavirus is only a couple weeks in to its spread around the world. I learned in New York on September 11th and 12th that the first casualty of war is the truth and all kinds of things are being bandied about as to how this started, why this started, what it means, what's going on. But for some reason, here in Australia, uh, for a virus that attacks uh, your lungs, if you're either very old and frail or young, for some reason people feel that toilet paper is the thing that they need in their home. I do not know why at all. Uh, so I started looking into it. It's like, why do people panic buy? Because it's panic buying. It's absolute panic buying. And, you know, I, in the group chat that I share with the guys I play poker with, someone sent a picture of, um, you know, the empty shelves at his local supermarket. And then part of me was like, well, shit, do we need some? You know, I don't know why other people are buying it, but I think I probably should. And that's the first trigger, right? And then you run in and you grab... You know, people are buying trolley loads of the stuff. I mean, what do they expect is going to happen? That the supermarkets will close? I mean, crikey, you know? So I looked into what makes people panic buy, and it's a really interesting phenomenon. And mostly, it really comes down to people searching, like most things, people searching for a sense of control in an uncontrollable situation. I can't save myself or my family from this virus, which is apparently on every banister, doorknob, lift button, shopping trolley handle, and escalator rail, or train platform in my day. But I can go and buy lots of toilet paper. I can go and control something. And this looks like the right thing to do. And everyone else is doing it, so I don't want to not be doing it. And kind of getting caught up in that behavior that, is beyond your own decision-making process, but you know everyone else is doing it, so I'm doing it too, and it makes me feel like I have control and I'm doing something. You know, face masks won't stop this. Good hygiene and the regular way you take care of yourself during a flu season, I believe, is what works. But it's this sense of I'm I'm afraid of this big scary thing that's being shouted at me from every bloody news outlet, news feed newspaper and a Facebook post that I could find I want to do something about it I'll go and do this because that seems to be the only thing that I can do and everyone else is doing it and I don't want to miss out so I'm part of it and that's what it is it's happened a few times in history I, I had a quick look into it it happened and I remember this happened when I was in the US when Obama got elected a lot of people that are really into guns were really worried that like the day that Obama got elected you know, high-powered rifles would be outlawed. I mean, clearly that's not the case. Those same high-powered rifles have been used to murder hundreds and hundreds of people, including school children, and continue to be used. They're still on the shelves. You can still buy them. But uh, like on the day he got elected and the week after he got elected, people were just panic buying these high-powered weapons because they thought they were going to be outlawed and to the point where you couldn't buy them. I think my favourite instance of panic buying happened in New Zealand in 2011 
when a cooling tower at the Marmite factory broke and they were unable to produce Marmite, which is the New Zealand version of Vegemite. It's a Ford or Holden, even though Holden's dead now. It's a Nikon Canon. It's an Airbus Boeing Vegemite or Marmite. Which one do you want? They're both black and icky and taste disgusting to foreigners, but we love them. And it was brilliantly called Marmageddon <laughs> to the point where jars of Marmite were going online for like 800 New Zealand dollars. And shops had to ration it out. <laughs> All this because people were like, oh my God, I, I have to have Marmite because everyone else is getting it. And I guess this really made me think about how easily as a community we can be manipulated. I mean, I know a little thing or two about Facebook. I know how the internet works. A couple of strategic photographs of empty shelves with no context. I mean, you could have taken photos of, this is just a steaming hot conspiracy theory right now, so don't listen to it. But you could take a couple of photos of a few empty supermarket shelves that have no date stamp, no time stamp, no location, and just go, oh my God, all the toilet paper's gone from my local. Take it in a few different places in a few different lighting conditions, set up a few different Facebook accounts and start, you know, writing panicked posts that then get shared because people love to share some panic. I reckon for about 10 grand, you could get in front of enough eyeballs that would make a difference. And look at that. Suddenly the whole country is so busy rushing down to their local Coles, Woolies, Costco, Bunnings, whatever, to get all of the toilet paper they can carry. They're not looking at what you're actually doing and goodness knows what that could be. So it did make me kind of think about how easily we are manipulated and how easily we can be manipulated. And just to remember that if you get caught up in this sort of thing, in the panic buying and that sort of stuff, that it feels like you're in control, but you're not. You're not making a rational decision. You're making an irrational decision. And just remember that you have more control than you think. And just because people around you are hoarding doesn't mean that you should. I mean, think really seriously about it. The shops will not close. The supermarkets will not close. I mean, the absolute worst case scenario, good Lord, would probably be, okay, well, a delivery driver will drop it to your front door. You won't ever see them or touch them. And that's it. Like the society won't function if the supermarkets close. That's just really simply it. Irresponsible reporting comes in as well, you know, writing that you need to stock up for a potential two-week self-quarantine. I mean, that's just completely irresponsible and, and fear-mongering. And, but look, seriously, and it's really obvious, when people are afraid, they're very easily manipulated. And that is what's happening right now. So I guess, you know, look out for what else is happening. I haven't got a tinfoil hat on. But, you know, Audrey said it perfectly. She said she was at Coles two days ago. And she said... Think of the poor pensioner who's on a fixed income and because of her circumstances can only get to the supermarket once a week and she actually needs those two rolls of toilet paper because she's the only person that buys the two-pack and they're gone. And she budgets her sheets. You know people that budget their sheets. She budgets her sheets and now she's staffed. I mean, Jiminy Crickets, you're sitting on 90 rolls in your garage and this poor lady's got none. But you want to do something. You're probably listening going, but I want to feel like I'm going. There's other things in life you have control over. You'll control over what you're going to eat, what you're going to cook, how you take care of yourself and keep yourself healthy. You can, like you would in any flu season, you know, be careful around washing your hands and touching your face, that sort of thing. It all works. It works for a reason. It's the reason that people do it. Stay sensible. Stay sensible and be a voice of sensibility around your friends and online and in your community, all right? 
I can't, I wish I knew the name of the man. He was a Green Beret Marine, I think, in Vietnam, US guy. And he said, calm is contagious. You stay calm, your family stays calm. Your family stays calm, the people around them stay calm. And it spreads. It spreads. It's a good thing. So, yeah, just it's going to be okay. <laughs> All right? Practice this stuff now. Because I think what really threw me yesterday was like, fuck, if this is what we're like when on the other side of the world, I mean, let's not forget, we're an isolated island. And the people that are sick are very well and truly locked right down. And the people that are looking after them are incredibly professional and really aware of what's at stake. And as a community, we're all aware of what's going on. And we will we'll be sure that by the time flu season comes around, if this is still around, that we're doing the right thing. You know, we're all smart people. But goodness me, at the first sign of this, the nation loses its fucking mind and starts doing this second most awful thing and panic buying and, and just like second to looting the shops. They're, you know, shoving their trunks full of all the toilet paper they get their hands on. I mean, bloody hell. What are we going to be like in a couple of years when the screws really start to get tightened on our resources? Let's practice this now, you know. Let's just get good with being calm, staying calm, staying rational, you know, just stay rational. Stay calm. Don't get caught up in it because then you get caught up in it, you have less control and then you're susceptible to getting manipulated by whatever kind of misinformation is out there. And we live in a world now, my goodness, the Australian Associated Press is closing its doors. You know, the access to actual reality is just now getting further and further away from us. Just keep on your toes, keep calm and stay rational, you know, keep breathing. Don't just be aware that when you look at the news or you look online, what makes you click is fear, all right? So people write articles and make videos and make current affairs shows that stoke fear. That's what they do because you watch for longer, you share it more. You're more likely to share something that brings a, a, an emotional reaction of, you know, I've got to keep everybody safe. People have to know about this. It might not even be close to true, all right? Or it might have only a basis of 10 or 20% truth to it and the rest is hyperbole. But because it's made you have an emotional reaction you want to protect your friends, you, you forward that email to everyone or you forward that Facebook post or whatever. We all have a responsibility in this, okay? Coronavirus isn't the only thing that's spreading. Misinformation, panic, you can be a part of stopping that too, all right? Keep breathing, stay in control, you have control over so much more than you f than you realise. Ration your social media hours. Crikey, do what I do. Get your wife or husband or partner or whatever to take your screen time passcode. And then, you know, if you're just constantly addicted to seeing how bad things are, just maybe take a step away. Control what you can. Your house, your family, your body. All right? I'm not saying be complacent. Do the right thing. Wash your hands, be aware of where you're around, but also educate yourself. How does the virus actually spread? Face masks don't work, so just don't bother, all right? That's just what it is. Be aware of what you're doing, wash your veggies, whatever. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I guess that's all I'd say to you. Just keep breathing. Do some squats, do some push-ups, you know? Keep that locus of control internally. 
Because if you allow online panic to then manifest its way into your actual reality and then you finding yourself racing down the shops and leaving the kids in the car while you elbow someone out of the way to get to the last roll of tontine. Tontine's a pillow. What's the one? I can't remember. You know what I mean. The toilet roll. Something with a puppy on it. You know, then you are just living a a reactionary life that actually has no agency and you don't you might feel that you're in control but you're not so stay calm stay calm keep breathing and be aware that there is a lot of money to be made by media companies and media companies include youtube and facebook and google search results and twitter a lot of money to be made keeping people afraid and making them click on things that they are afraid of that's it I think that's all I had to tell you um Monday's a big one Monday's show it's gonna be a goodie Monday's show I've got Gladys Berejiklian on the show the premier of New South Wales she's a very interesting person her office reached out to me a couple weeks back and said would you like to have the premiere on your podcast? She'd really love to come and do it. I hadn't asked. They asked us. I'm like, yes, in fact, I would. Our initial meeting was disrupted because she, as a premier needs to do, she had to go out and visit the disaster-affected areas of when the bushfires were blazing in New South Wales. And, okay, premier, you can blow me off today. I appreciate that. <laughs> she had to go and do that, and I dig it. But when we did catch up, you know, there was a lot I wanted to talk to her about, but some of the things that she's brought in, like I only had an hour with her, so I didn't want to, I'll tell you more about this on Monday, but I, did, I didn't want to get into pill testing because I only had an hour and she's kind of really concreted herself into a position and there's no way I'm going to change her mind in that hour. So we talked about other stuff. We talked about her, her journey. We talked about, you know, we talked a lot about climate change, to be honest. And it was really interesting. It was really interesting because I don't necessarily agree with the policies of um, the Liberal Party that she's a part of, but I felt it was really important to, I guess, demonstrate that in this time of extraordinary divisive conversation, particularly online, you know, because black and white polarised headlines make people click, and, you know, that also goes for news editorial and political editorial. There's lots of nuance and lots of facets to a person. And the Premier, Gladys Berejiklian, and she may have many different views on things that I do, but, you know, if we talk to her a bit, it's like, well, actually, we, we feel the same way about a lot of things. And you'd be surprised. <laughs> so I just wanted to kind of show that you can have a conversation with someone on from another part of the political spectrum to you and go, okay, this is a human being. She believes she's doing the right thing. Let's have a chat. And it was interesting. I'll tell you more about it Monday, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to you hearing that one. Oh, we get a new logo on Monday too. That's exciting. Fun times. All right. This rain is delicious. It's so nice. Audrey and Wolfie are having a nap in the afternoon in this rain. It's pretty good. Dogs are having a nap. Everyone's having a nap. Me. Maybe I should go have a nap. Oh, I've got to go to work. Bugger. Okay. Thanks for making the show, Andy. Thanks for being in my life, Rachel. Thanks, Tohider, for the music. Thanks, Batuta, for letting me use their studios when I do. 
And thank you for listening. If you need anything, you can shoot me an email, send Osher email at gmail.com. You can also uh, leave a review in the iTunes store, which is always wonderful. Those things really help when you review the show and uh, leave a rating and review in iTunes. That's what's really, really, really helps when you leave a rating and a, leave a review. And um, I wanted to say uh, a big thanks to Carly, who sent me a fabulous picture of where she's listening at the Melbourne Botanic Gardens. She took her some time away from a stressful situation and had a walk through the beautiful Botanic Gardens and listened to Richard Reed. That's bloody lovely, that picture. It's very important, you know, it's a bit of self-care, go for a walk, cool your jets, come back to it. Good on you, Carly. Thanks for listening. So, yeah, send me a photo where you're listening. Send us your email at gmail.com. All right, have a cracking weekend, whatever you're all doing. I'll talk to you on Monday. Until we speak then, sleep well and dream of beautiful things, yo. 